0: You're listening to What the Business, the business podcast where I interview independent business owners about success, failure, and all the moments in between. My name is Josie Barrick, and I'm your host. Hello, and welcome to season two, episode two. We made it, and I am so happy to be here with Natalie Taylor. She is, I mean, you'll hear it all. She's incredible. This whole episode is just one, just, I don't even know, just one quotable, incredible, mind-blowing statement after the other. And she is such a great coach and some of the pieces of advice i just i've been thinking about since recording it with her because it it just blew my mind so i really hope you guys enjoy this episode um i do want to touch on her story a bit and thank her um so 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 much for opening up and sharing she has a very long story of many hardships and i think that her sharing it and opening up is going to be appreciated by you guys all all you guys. Um, So yeah, at the end, I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to put some information in the show notes because I think it's really important right now. And um, so anyway, listen, and then you'll hear about it at the end if you want. And yeah, so enjoy this episode. Natalie Taylor's incredible and she is living, walking, breathing proof that, you know, strategy and smart work can get you really far in life and I think that um, that's really important right now because right now is the time to be strategizing and thinking and planning ahead Um, because as we've seen this year things don't always go to plan so enjoy this episode please rate review comment download make sure you're sharing it amongst your friends if you find this inspiring and yeah thank you and enjoy Just go ahead and you can introduce yourself, talk about what's important to you in your business and your life, your personal life and uh, what you're doing right now
1: too. Okay. All right. So, um, you know, just first of all, thank you so much for having me on your podcast. I love what you're doing with your podcast. I love the fact that it's relatable. And it's with different persons from different backgrounds and industries with information that we can go ahead and apply to different parts of our lives. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, thanks you for know, being There's so many it. podcasts right now. And I feel like, you know, sometimes it can really trigger imposter syndrome because people are telling you their finished, polished stuff. So having this podcast, you get a combination of all the things. So really love that. Um, a little bit about me, you know, we were just talking... I'm a mom of four. Three of them are still home, 12, 10, and eight. My 21-year-old has moved out. And, um, you know, I've been a single mom for a long time. So I juggle being a single mom. I work from home. I've been working from home since 2011, I would say, since since 2011. And, um, you know, so when the pandemic happened, it didn't really catch me by surprise. Uh, Also, my kids started being homeschooled or virtual school. So now I deal with a little bit of that. You know, I'm from Jamaica, Kingston, Jamaica. I've been living in the U S since I came here for college. I've lived in Europe, you know, my background is in investment banking and um, business consultant. And so I've worked from anywhere from Credit Suisse to Ernst and Young. And then I went into entrepreneurship because as a mom, you know, and uh, even when I was married, I didn't have the kind of support that I needed. And I felt like it was my career or my kids. And for a while, you know, I kind of went with the career route because that was how I was providing. And then somehow I created an opportunity to choose career the way I saw it fit for my family and built it around my children. So I get now to live a life where my business is um, is built around my children's life and my life. So that's amazing. That's
0: yeah, that's and so amazing.
1: I'm in Charlotte,
0: <laughs> nice. Okay. Um, do you like it there? Of all the places you've lived, is it? Do you have a favorite?
1: <laughs> I would say, of all the places I've lived, definitely love the fact that I was born in Jamaica. Charlotte is reminds me of living in Jamaica because it's very nature-esque, right? Mm-hmm. I've lived in Asheville, which is about two hours away up in the mountains. So Jamaica is mountainous, and then we have beaches. And we have lots and lots of trees and beautiful landscape. So Charlotte, is it's not far from the beach, 25, 30 minutes from the beach, and then two hours from the mountains. And you know, it's, and it's, the airport is 25 minutes away. So I literally can fly to Montego Bay in two and a half hours. So I kind of feel like it's the best of all my worlds.
0: Nice. Nice. That's awesome. Um, and what are you doing for work right now? What's leading your business for you? Right.
1: So... Um, I'm a transformational coach and a human capital development strategist. Uh, so, just to break that down and simplify, a transformational coach, uh, people come to me and they're at one point in their life and they're desiring to move to another point. And my job is to figure out where they are, where they want to be, and create a strategy to shift them um, from one point. Because of my business uh, development background and because of my very strong uh, business background, And strategy background, I've been able to help persons achieve transformation, not just in their life, but in their business or in their finances and their relationship. So transformation and performance coach, I'm able to help the person shift um, in terms of their output, uh, whatever output they desire. From wherever they are to where they want to be. So I've literally been able to uh, to do it with businesses, finance, relationship, families, um, personal development. You know, just about anything because of the the methodology that I use is pretty much the same across the board. Mm-hmm. We're just changing what the inputs are, mm-hmm. right? Um, and then human capital development strategies well if i'm a coach and i'm a transformational coach and i can achieve this with an individual imagine what i can do for a company right so my clients have benefited from me going in the company and aligning um, the individuals um, with the collective vision of the company so that it's streamlined where people are not feeling like oh my god i'm at work and i have to give these people my time and my life but instead they're seeing how the vision for themselves, their finance, their family is aligned when they help the vision of the company. And so I'm able to improve performance that way.
0: That's really cool. Um, How did you get into that?
1: Okay. (laughs) The business part was kind of obvious. You know, I went to school. I have three college degrees um, in business. So my, even in high school, I studied business. I've been in, I've been loving business since I was a child. i used to watch BBC and CNN and you know international politics and how it affected the economy the micro economy versus the macro economy I always knew that I wanted to um, be a part of uh, changing the way the world works so I just assumed I would do something you know um, on the scale of USAID because that's what my foster mom she was one of the leaders in the USAID in different countries so I just assumed that I would be involved that way and she just said no. Um, your business, stick to business. When you make money, you can make impact through businesses into government. I didn't realize back then how much of a huge role businesses play in the forming and the conversations that happen in government and organizing in communities. So I went on and I studied international business for starters. Then, um, you know, one of my professors noticed that I was really good at accounting, so they kind of navigated me that way. Um, plus, he got me a lot of scholarships. And then I also did, um, you know, I did a lot of minors because I was on scholarship, so it's free money. But um, my other major was uh, strategy and marketing so and finance, right? So international business, accounting, strategy, marketing, and finance. So I have three college degrees, um, all double and triple major. So while I've worked in starting up banks, I've worked in um, going to Credit Suisse first Boston when they were merging Credit Suisse first Boston with Credit Suisse, the parent company. So I worked on mergers within companies. I worked on and A's externally i've worked on taking companies public i've worked in public audits i've worked when lehman brothers went down when we had to carve lehman brothers you hear lehman brothers the bank but there are lots of companies within that i've worked on those so i know how things flow kind of like how a doctor knows how the different systems flow i kind of understand how business systems flow when it comes mm-hmm. to corporate so that kind of happened naturally cuz i business Well, transformation happened for me. I, you know, a little bit about my background. I was born in Jamaica um, and I was born in abject poverty. My mother gave me away when I was six years old, who was a stranger to me, but someone she had negotiated to give me away to long before that. We lived in a very violent community and um, she was very poor. And I think poor is an understatement. Um, You know, I had a lot of health issues. And she just couldn't afford to take care of me. So she gave me away to a couple who couldn't have their own baby. And um, at six years old, I couldn't read nor write. Uh, and so I learned my letters when I was about seven. I was in and out of hospitals. I didn't, I was, you know, I started out kind of slow because I didn't have a head start. So, um, you know, I, I figured out very early on, I was good at sports. And during foster home and all of these things, I had self-esteem issues, I had anxiety issues, I had depression issues, I had thoughts of suicide from as early as age nine. Um, I was sexually abused multiple times, and that affected my self-esteem. Then when I got to college, well, my second foster mom, who was an American, a white American woman, who was um, in the USAID in Jamaica at the time, saw me. Um When I just came off the street after being homeless at you know fourteen and fifteen, I was pregnant with my first child, and so she took me in as her um ward and she took care of me and I went to private school and all that good stuff. But all the niceties couldn't help the trauma that I'd already experienced so long story short i i she, you know she gave me the support to get started in college, and then I got all forty plus scholarships, and I performed very well. Right. But that was kind of like a drug to cover up the trauma that I was still suffering, mm. the broken identity, the um, the identity crisis, the um, imposter syndrome. If people really knew what I'd been through, would they want to be around me? Would they want to invite me to all of these fancy places? Would I still qualify the idea that my mother didn't go to school and she couldn't read or write? I struggled with the fact that I was in college getting scholarship. Like, did someone make a mistake? Did I really belong here? Are they going to figure out that there was a glitch in the system and then they're going to send me back home and then I'm going to have to go back to my regular life? Like, there was I always had that in the back of my mind, which kept me in and out of hospitals, having breakdown um, every semester at the end of the semester, Mm -hmm. because every semester I thought this was the semester I would fail out of school because I had severe imposter syndrome. And so when I got to um, Wall Street and I was making all that money and I got to Ernst Young and I was doing fine, I was looking for ways to um, to validate that I wasn't good enough. So I dated toxic. I hang around, you know, gave away all of my money to people from where I was from. And so I ended up in a very toxic relationship that became very abusive very quickly and, um, you know, lost everything. So in trying to figure out how everybody else seemed normal. And there were people who I knew profoundly who were genuinely happy. I wanted to figure out, is this something that's real for me? And it was that journey of pursuing what it, why it is that I all these experiences were happening in my life, instead of choosing the victimhood and saying, what if I could choose different? Just like I chose to go to school and get degrees. Is there a possibility that I could choose my thoughts and not have them rush into me all the time? Is there a possibility that I can wake up and choose my emotions and not just wake up sad or wake up feeling depressed or anxious? You know, if I could perform this well over here, what if I could take that performance and put it over here? What system would I have to build? so in that pursuit of knowledge and information and true transformation for myself and to heal my brokenness and um to overcome depression and sadness i went into various different directions of reading books and coaches and systems, and realizing that a lot of them were very masculine and they weren't very um you know sustainable and so i wanted to build something that was truly um, had a balance of masculine and femi- feminine as- aspects of it and dealt with true, genuine trauma and not just saying, oh, let's just get over it, you know, but how could you truly heal and build the blueprint of mindset for the life you truly desire? And that's mm-hmm. how I ended up doing that.
0: Wow, that's incredible. It's an incredible story. It seems like you're making up for lost time for sure right now. You're Everything, every website I went to, everything, I was just like, wow, she's just on fire.
1: <laughs> oh, thanks.
0: <laughs> um, that's so incredible. So and I agree, like I really think it's important to talk about like what it's like to be feeling down at the bottom. Maybe you're doing incredibly well. And people think you're super happy and wow, you're killing it online. What's going on? You're so good. And you're just like, no, like there's so much so much complexity before behind closed doors and Mm -hmm. I think that that story is really inspiring because I love hearing that you know we all have these things and yours is most definitely a very extreme case and extreme story and how you came out of it that's really incredible and really inspiring but it's also relatable to know that okay like you know I'm not the only one who has yeah trauma and issues and right shit that we have to work Excuse me, I don't know if I can swear. If you're yes, okay.
1: Yes, it's our show, you can do whatever you want.
0: <laughs> Just like all that stuff that you work through. Um, and that everyone's story is so, so different, but we all have those like commonalities.
1: Right. Um, and you so, know what's crazy? That. You said extreme, like it, my situation is kind of extreme, but at the same time, there are people who've had that extreme. Yeah. And so like today I had a phone call with a young lady from the Bahamas and she was experiencing an extreme. And this is so amazing. Like I have a foundation that I, it is my intention over the next 12 to 36 months to start funding it with some income that I earned from my business to just push it over there. Um, because there are people who have been through what I've been through. And it does not even, when you're in it, it doesn't even look like there's ever even a tinsy bit of a light. When you're in an environment where all you see is trauma, all you see is pain, and I'm talking decades and generation of generations of generations of layers of pain, but somewhere in your heart, something keeps telling you that there's more. Whether you saw somebody else's family or you went somewhere else, and that's why it's important to change your environment. That's why, you know, me living in Charlotte and being able to choose this environment for my children, it's so important because your environment will help to determine the way you think about yourself, feel about yourself, and your feelings and your thoughts um, determine what you manifest in your life, Yeah, you know?
0: For sure. Yeah, and too, even on the extreme thing, it, it is a story that's extreme, but it's also a story that's probably a lot more common then people realize. So hearing about it is just help to, you know, hopefully someone's hearing this being like, Oh yeah. Like, you know, I feel that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Yeah,
0: for sure. Um, so when you first started your business, what was that process like? How did you navigate becoming like a coach and figuring all that out?
1: Okay. All right. So this is my first business. My first business that I started, I was in this relationship that was so toxic. So I finished um, my master's program and I was getting offers to go work somewhere else. Right. And I was supposed to move to Charlotte. I knew in my heart that this is where I was supposed to come. That was in 2009, 2010, but I didn't come because being married, according to I'm a traditionalist in the past, so, you know, you follow the, the, the guy, right? So following him, he didn't really have his things sorted out just yet. So you want to support because that's what you do. And while I was there, um, you know, I was often at home and I was in, I, I would figure out ways to help fix his business, but he didn't want my involvement. So in dealing with my own boredom, I started to write and create stories because I'm, you know, I have many stories. And so my way of, dealing with my stuff is telling stories. So I created a production company and I was seeing how people needed help in my own country. So I created a production company that could bring um, awareness around the chef and the kind of cuisine and how complex our culture is in Jamaica. Oh, cool, yeah and um, you know was getting funded by sandals resorts and a lot of major companies, right? but I just given birth to a baby and then my spouse at the time left me and the four children so there was no way for me to do production and all that so that was the first thing i wrote a documentary under my production company for my country that's not even on my bio and um so i did that uh, because when i hired the directors they saw my skills and so they talked about me to the head of the national um Integrity Action for Jamaica. And so they interviewed me during a lunch, which I thought was a lunch, uh, but it was really an interview. And then they hired me to write the documentary about um, integrity in Jamaica and government and policies. So I was able to do that because I'd studied, you know, I'd been studying politics for a while. And then um, my next business, I actually um, created Wealth Improvement Network. And so in 2013, again being a single mom not by choice i kind of was like left you know i found out by just one day the partner wasn't there and i was like oh the clothes is gone all right i guess i'm gonna do this and to be honest i felt like my world was falling apart and when i got over myself i realized i had to come up with a plan and so i you know went back to work using my credentials But after a while, I realized, as I was saying to you, that I, I, the struggle of being a mom and working corporate, just, I wasn't balancing. So, um, I started out in direct sales and network marketing. And so I was able to do home-based business. And the thing that I brought to the industry was that most people in direct sales or network marketing did not know anything about corporate. Or how to build companies so i was able to use somebody else's business idea and and, and structure and network and in one year i built a team of fifteen thousand people you know uh using a cell phone and so when i started to be honest i started ugly right people always want the website they want the business card right yeah. they want they want all of these fancy first of all i had no social media right um what was that (laughs) and then i didn't really have network because you know i went to this country where i was born but i didn't have any family or friends there anymore Mm -hmm. so i kind of had nobody so it was just me and my children and every day i would get in this car i would leave my children with my um, my first foster mom who was alive at the time and i would get in my car and i would go find coffee shops or place where people or bodies were and as long as there were bodies there i was there. And I would do the most natural thing that you know that you do, in, when you're forming a business, is talk to someone about your idea and tell them your vision. So that was really, if I'm gonna be honest and raw, that's how I started out in business. Mm-hmm. And um, the first person rejected me four times. Well, the first person that actually showed up to the meeting rejected me four times. I sent out 100 emails to which I got no reply and I had several meetings before that where no one showed up. And the first person rejected me four times. And on the fourth time when he rejected me, his friend said yes. And then he said, hold up, let me get my credit card. And so he got his credit card and came in and his friends came in. And the first month it took us 30 um, days to get you know to get 30 customers so that's how my first business started was doing the ugly thing so yesterday or two days ago i was telling some of my um coaching my group coach people and i said to them listen if you're building a business do not focus on the output focus on the input you have no control over the output right i mean except you you're a photographer (laughs) you kind of control the whole thing but i my only control is the input right how many times are you gonna show your business plan? How many times are you gonna to speak to someone? How many people are you gonna to speak to? How many calls can you make? Even if you make a list of 20 and you say you're gonna to speak to 20 people, 20 people don't answer the phone, whether they're busy or they're on another call or their number change, right? So yeah. after a while you'll figure out, out of every 20, you might get four or eight. Well, figure out what your numbers are and numbers don't lie multiply that if you can do four then do four ten times if you need um if you need to to do that to get to your results but figure out what it's gonna take for you to show up at the base level stop trying to get to the top right Mm -hmm. you know how to duplicate the bottom duplicate because that's all the steps are right steps are just a bunch of the same things over and over and over and over and over. You know an ocean is just a couple drops of water over and over and over and over and over. And that's yeah. how you get an ocean, right? Oh, that's a
0: great metaphor.
1: I think most people are focusing on, oh, I, I wanna have a $100,000 business. No, you build a $100,000 business by making $100 at a time,
0: right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that does apply for sure. I always say to people who kinda ask me qu- more questions about what I do that like, people don't see how many wedding inquiries I get versus how many I book like I get probably four to five times more than I actually book. And, you know, even in one of my more recent projects, I'm doing product photography for a local company here. And I emailed, yeah, like at least 15 people in development, at least, at least like 40 people in real estate, at least 20 people in product before I got someone that was like, yeah, you know what, actually, I'll take you up on this offer. I could use some product photography. So it's it's the same thing. It applies in so many different ways and forms in business.
1: Exactly. Um, I was, so right now I'm working on a business model um, for, to build out my human capital development, my corporate, so I can build with that strong corporate brand. You know, my aim this year is to get one of those big whales, right? And so the thing is, um, you're going to get rejected right? So get excited about rejection. You know, there is a book called Go For No. So for that new business person, um, whether or not you're in network marketing, if you're building a business, go read the book Go For No. It will prime your mind. No is not somebody saying that they don't want what you have necessarily. No is your collection of the fact that you're pursuing it. If, if you have enough no's, see, if I went and I sat down and I said, I want four yeses. When I get my four yes, Josie, I'm done. But if I said that I'm going to make 20 calls, if, even if I write 20 names, I am not going to get 20 person. I may have to write four sets. It might meet, take 100 persons to get 20. Mm-hmm. So you've got to figure out how many times do you have to roll the ball? right? Yeah. Your nose means that you're moving towards your goal. That's really it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's so true. And
1: congratulations on being unstoppable.
0: <laughs> Honestly, it takes work. It takes a lot of work. This year in particular has been very odd. Has, have, has your business been affected by COVID? I mean, I know all of ours really have been, but what's been the effect for you?
1: Um, t- to be honest, my business has definitely been um, positively and negatively affected by COVID. So on the let's start with the negative, right? Because the negative is why it was positively affected as well. So for a while now, I knew that my coaching business, my personal development coaching business, while it's doing six figures, I knew that I could do better. I knew that it was ca- I was capable because my business was super manual, right? It was just me, a one man shop. You know, my clients get their invoice and they're coming back in and whatnot. And, um, and then my, co- co- um, my corporate side, my human capital development side, I, that was six-figure. Again, super manual, right? So multiple six-figure, um, but super manual. So I knew I was underperforming. Performance coach was underperforming, right? But that's only because I only started over uh, three years ago with nothing. So I was pacing myself. But even in pacing myself, I knew it was time to to shake it up. So at the end of last year, I invested some money in hiring some people. I didn't make a move on it. I got so in love with what I was doing with my corporate clients, so focused on what their needs were, and was so deep into it that I got um, blindsided for my actual coaching personal development business, right? So as a result of that, while I was making moves, they were kind of like pace slower than they needed to be. As a result of that, when COVID hit, I was not able to take advantage of the benefits of a lot of people being home, a lot of people um, needing my services, a lot of people needing, um, you know, I, I wasn't able to take advantage of anything. So, what happened is, you know, my corporate clients that I would travel to, I couldn't travel anymore, right? And so I had to make a decision when they opened back up for flights. I had to make a decision and say, hey, listen, my son has a medical condition. I'm not going to risk my life or his life. And so that um, contract, multiple six figure, was gone, right? However, um, what that did for me was it put fire on the seats of my pants because I was kind of pacing it slow because, you know, you make that much money. And the truth is I live below my means, so I didn't need it, right? I didn't need all of that money. Um, which I ended up investing all of it in buying this house and rebuilding and restructuring my business. So the, the, the good thing is because of COVID fire on my pants, I was able to build my business system. I was able to fail several times with several different offers, trying to figure out what would automate, because the way you work manual, you know, making a call and sending emails is not the way you work when you're automated. When you have other people interfacing with people for you, when you have ads running out, right? You gotta have that messaging down tight. And so COVID allowed me to play around with messaging, play around with um doing free stuff and engaging with a lot of people. I was able to build a lot of businesses, um, doing one-on-one at a cheaper rate, you know, so people could come in and so I could get some like a lot of success people and be able to put that on the belt um and when i started running the system i recorded more than 12 podcasts because again this whole thing of oh i'm not i'm not going to market my thing I, i only do referrals and whatnot well guess what now that i'm more relevant right meaning that people know what i do there are people who are following me for two three years josie they didn't even know how to there was no link in my bio to click do you hear me (laughs) there's nothing in my bio that said i they knew i was a coach but they didn't know how does someone work with natalie you know uh what do we do like they just followed me and so I was able to do all of that, automate my bio um, for social media and monetize it. I was able to have my systems in place. 72 of my programs now sit in a system. So if I get a government contract, when I get a government contract and corporate contract, I'm not going to be burned out. All I have to do is scale by hiring additional coaches to support me, right? Mm -hmm. Everything is in place for me to take advantage of everything that's coming my way right? So a lot of times we're like, Oh, this thing didn't happen. This didn't. No, you do not have the systems in place to win at the level you know you can win at. So you might want to take some time and build those systems, right? Get those no's, get those failures, put them under your belt and then build that bad program that you know (laughs) you can build.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So do you have any tips for how do you look at the bigger picture as a business owner and assess what you need, what systems you need to start okay. putting in place.
1: Well, I first of all, you know, from corporate standpoint, things are different, right? Versus when you have online. So, if you want to make money on social media, which more than likely a lot of people who are listening to you do, right? Um, it's going to be a different thing. So, you want to think about your traffic, right? And it's the same, I guess, in regular brick and mortar. You want to think about your traffic. Right. If, if, for instance, your photography studio, if you have a physical brick and mortar, you want to be on the most, um, you know, busy street, right? Well, if you are on social media, you want to create enough attention or attraction to get people to see when you're passing on the timeline, <gasps> oh, look at that photography. Wow. Wow. She does wedding. Wow, that, I love the way the, the light hits that, right? So you want people to like stop and see what you're doing. You wanna be relevant. You wanna be seen as, you know, so here's the thing too, we get caught up in who is celebrity and who has the most following. Everybody is not caught up in that. If you know your numbers, you may realize, Josie, that for you to do six figures, you don't even need that many, right? You just need to know what your numbers are and what your rate is and how many clients you need to do or how many weddings or production development um, items you know that you need to do and you need to brand yourself as that on social media. The next thing is you know doing your podcast. Do you have SEO? Right. That's the next thing with me. I have so many things out there, but one of my students taught me um, at the beginning of this month. She's like. You know, her family's in the UK and in Zimbabwe and South Africa, and they were looking for me online, but they couldn't find me because I wasn't properly as um, search engine optimized. Mm-hmm. So is your brand, your website, your, you know, even if you don't have a website, your landing page, you know, whatever you have on social media, your podcast is on YouTube. You're just bringing it the same thing that we did over here. We're just bringing it over there and making sure your search engine optimized, making sure that you got something sitting on everybody's, you know, anybody who has a wedding um, website, you want to buy your Google positioning that somebody puts in wedding Josie right here, right here. Oh, you developing (laughs) a product right here. Look at what I just did. The next thing is too is stop trying to be relevant just on social media. A lot of people are on social media, but a lot of people are not on social media, right? And they need business too. So you wanna make sure that you're in media. You wanna make sure that you're in traditional media. Reach out to your local media people. Hey, you know, I would love to share some tips for the best wedding pictures. I would love to share some tips for you know how to capture the right lighting. I would love to share the best times of the year to get the best wedding photography done. So like you are now the go-to expert on photography. Oh, I need Josie to do my picture because she was in the media. Do you understand what Mm -hmm. I'm saying? You know, or typing things you have to avoid, right? Five things you need to avoid, right? So that again, you are the go-to person when Google comes up, Pinterest. Are you on Pinterest? Because every girl who's dreaming about her wedding and it just seems like you're doing all the most, but really and truly you're taking one set of content And you are repurposing that content multiple times. Copy, paste. Remember what we said about the steps? Copy, paste, copy, paste. But different verbiage for different type of people. So that's how you get in your client knowing that you exist. Next thing is your pricing. You know your numbers. Know what your numbers are. If you know what your numbers are. So for instance, what I found out during COVID is I have two very different clientele. I have one clientele who is much like my background. They're the wannabes, right? Because that's what I was. You know, you know that your life could be better. You know that you could be doing better. So you want to be more than you are right now, but you don't quite have the money for the dream that you need. So you need a coach who can work with you at that level. These are your group coaching people so that's the price in there so you might have people like me who are want to be um, you know influencers or want to be coaches or want to be whatever right they they are going to be amazing someday but right now their price point is this so you could keep them on a retainer budget right every month once a month you go in and you give them high profile celebrity looking stuff and you plan out their looks and their content for the month and that's it, and this is your price. So that's like religious money coming in every single month. Might not be that big ticket item, but nothing beats predictable, you know, sleeping bag money, right? Yeah. And then yeah. the next thing is too is there. You have a lot of shots that you own. Can you sell those online, right? For a lot of people who need content for their website, content for you know, um, for being you know an influencer or whatnot. So knowing what your pricings are and knowing what your, because you're, you're, a lot of people think, oh, I want to make this much money. What does it cost for you to survive? What does it cost for you to be free? And what does it cost for you to be independent? Know the difference between those three and then know what each of them are and know where the money is going to come from. And then just go to work. Just go to work.
0: Yeah. Yes, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so one of my favorite questions is what's one thing that's leveled up your business? Something that's kind of taken it from, you know, zero to a hundred for you. It can be in your own business or for like, maybe you have better things to say as a coach, whatever you feel is appropriate. It's kind of a question to just interpret how to see how different people interpret it and what they have to say. Yeah.
1: Oh girl, I've had so many things level up my business. So I'm going to give you general and then I'm going to give you something super specific. So some general things I have definitely leveled up my business. um, Why my content, like you can ask me any question almost when it comes to coaching and I will never be floored. And that's a fact why I read a lot. I study a lot and I don't just study other people's work. I study my life and I study my client's life. My clients, I like, I purposefully study my clients, how they move, how they respond. How did the methodology I give them, how did I apply? When did they respond to it? So now I definitely understand messaging. That leveled up my whole life. And when I started shifting and, and embracing um, you know, social media and the fact that, you know what, everybody's not going to like your post. Everybody's not going to stop and say hello. Everybody's not going to respond. When I shifted that mindset and just said, I'm here for who's here for me, I started realizing my, my audience was there the whole time waiting for an opportunity to, to work with me, but I did not give them an option, right? So that leveled up my business. Another thing that leveled up my business was um, sharing my knowledge. I never used to share my knowledge before. I used my social media before. It was just lifestyle, you know, just enjoying social media. I was not there trying to prove anything to anybody, right? Just enjoying my kids, encouraging other moms, and you know, telling people keep going, you know, and get them excited. Never really shared, you know, my level of um, you know knowledge. And so when I started sharing my knowledge, I started getting requests for articles. I started getting requests for interviews. I started getting podcast opportunities. I started getting, you know, so that's leveled up because I went from just typical stuff to where now I'm, you know, I'm being featured in Fox, CBS, NBC, um, just Yesterday, I was talking to a friend who would, she was just throwing out, oh, I think, you know, we could pitch something to Cosmo. You know, um, we're talking about Forbes in a few months, right? So these are things that really leveled me up is showing up with what I have and not sitting in the background, playing in the shadows, but knowing that, you know what, even if it's 25 persons who are there for me, those are my 25 people. Serve the crap out of it. But the main thing, that leveled me up, um, this year, I would say is, is owning all of myself. Uh, the imposter syndrome is real. It is real, real, really, real, real. And knowing that my, where I'm going is not going to happen in 24 months. And, um, just embracing this journey. When I did that, all the things that I just mentioned, I started doing them. I did those things as a result of just showing up and owning that this is Natalie and Natalie's going to just show up. See today, she have on a sweatshirt. Sometimes she'll do, so I don't have to show up the way people think I should show up. I'm going to yeah. show up as me. And so imperfection or not, this is it.
0: Yeah. I love that. And I think that's a really good lesson for this year throughout all this COVID junk. It's just, <laughs> I think it's made people really realize that like, Yeah. Like I don't always have to be my perfect self because obviously there's life is happening and you can't always, you know, be the best (laughs) that you want to be, whatever that is. You're right. Whether it's like your hair, your hair,
1: yeah.
0: Superficial like that, or whether it's, you know, more
1: complex. Back to your question too, the way I leveled up this year. I started running like a corporation and not like a single mom running a business. Mm. So I was trained to run like a corporation. I started using my corporate training for myself, the stuff that I was giving to my clients. I started using it on myself for myself. So my business in the next 24 months will look ridiculously different because I'm no longer a single mom running a home-based business. I'm a corporation. And that's how we run.
0: Wow. That's just the way you said that was so boss. Um, (laughs) what's the one, maybe you just can give one quick tip. What's the difference between those two that you've noticed so far when you made the decision to level that up, what did you change?
1: Huge difference. So I have been teaching people strategy, how to roll it out, plan for their business. Like all of my clients that are with me right now in November, all we did was figure out what their vision was for, and then how it was going to, um, how this next 12 to 24 months would have to play out for them to get to 10 years. And we put that in a letter that we break it down into, um, little strategies. Um, and then we broke those down into processes and habits and systems. And then we put that in their calendar. I did that for myself right so when you look at my calendar you're literally seeing and i can show you when we're done on here you're literally seeing my entire vision board on my calendar you see my my fit and health you see my family my faith you see my money you see my business you see my um investment stuff moving right some of them will be fruits and some of them will actually be seed and work and growth right so i'm doing that for myself secondly knowing that i can't be everything to myself and outsourcing right and negotiating at the level okay knowing that some people want a seat at the table or they want a piece of the pie and so i would rather give a piece of a pie away than try to um pay someone for something so you know what you're gonna get me this pie you deserve a piece of the pie and negotiate that rate with them That's what corporate does, right? Versus a single mom who has a home-based business is penny-pinching. Okay, when I make this money, I'll be able to hire this person. When I make this money, I'll be able to hire this person. No, we're building things and I'm giving shares.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah, that's absolutely a different way of looking at it that you don't see very often. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So with all that being said, um, did you meet your 2020 goals? Did you not meet them? You know, obviously COVID, <laughs> COVID for sure prevented me from meeting my 2020 goals, but how has that affected you? How have you been breaking down your 2020 goals met or not? And then is it, has that changed how you're going into 2021? So
1: the, way I, the way I do goals is a little different from everybody else. Um, so first of all, my word for 2020 was surrender, right? Uh, and definitely lived out surrender this year. I have my company, so I'm Jamaican. My company that I started three years ago filed for me as the, um, one of the executives on, of the company and we were able to accomplish that, that was a 2020 goal. I was able to do something legally that needed to be done for years and that was cleared and that will, um, the final paperwork will be done by the 14th, which is next week, Monday. That's a 2020 goal. I bought this dream house. Um, This house is almost 5,000 square foot, a dream closet, dream everything in there and I'm gonna make it more customized for myself. That was a 2020 goal. I actually did it in half, in six months shorter than I had planned out, um, you know, and I was able to do it with less money uh, because of COVID, right? I was able to take advantage of stuff because of COVID. COVID actually accelerated my stuff for me. So what COVID taught me also, on a side note, is that those who were prepared with systems and finances were able to take advantage of a lot of things. So that's why we have to be systematic and strategic because all crap will happen. Things will fall apart. Things will never go according to plan. We have no control over the output, but we can control the input. So that's what COVID validated for me, which I always knew. Um, so in addition to doing, getting this house and furnishing this house, I was able to rebrand and restructure and relaunch my coaching practice, which I did. And I actually relaunched my coaching group, Life Architect Society, which I have. We have about 38 members, and it's only been around for three weeks, right? And we're looking to build it to a few thousand um, over the next year. Mm-hmm. And just organically, organically, right? And as that grows, I will hire from within the group coaches, um, from within the group. Because it, once you've gone through my methodology, you know how to coach someone Based on that, I will not hire anyone from outside of the group. I will hire from within the group. Find coaches to support the group because they would have already had the relationship. And um, what's another thing? A lot of things that I didn't have as goal happened. I didn't realize that I had I had a need for significance because I was living in an imposture zone of I just want to grow and help people. But the only way for me to do that significantly was to be significant and to show up relevant and to show up as my whole. Bad ass self, and so that's what I started doing. I started doing what I was teaching, right? And as a result of that, I've been on podcasts such as yours. I'm launching my own podcast. I I have been in um, just this last week alone four articles. Yesterday, two came out, you know, in another country, um, and then two more came out in another country. Uh, So I've been in about eight articles in just the last couple of months, right? And I have, I think, another four of them coming out this month before the end of it. So when I started showing up for myself, the world was already waiting for me to show up. Mm -hmm. So that's what I want to say to your audience is, you know, let's not focus on the outputs. Let's focus on what we can build as systems and strategies and inputs. And then let's look at how we can build a mechanism that gives us what we desire regardless of whatever the hell is happening in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. So when we show up for ourselves, the world is already waiting. Yeah.
0: Good for you. That's incredible. Wow. I'm impressed. <laughs> if I wasn't already, I am most definitely now, which I was for sure. Um, and yeah, imposter, imposter syndrome is like so real. It's so tough to deal with and, It's actually kind of funny because I've always thought of it as something that a lot of business owners, independent people, creatives deal with. I've never really thought of it outside of that realm, but I actually, hopefully my partner doesn't mind me telling the story. Last night, I had a really heart-to-heart with him about he was feeling imposter syndrome seriously. He didn't call it that, but I was like, this is clearly what's going on. And he's in a very, like, he works for the province and he's very type A, much more logistical yeah. than me. So it was interesting that the way he described how he was feeling unmotivated and all these things. And I was just like, wow, it is so real for everyone. And it is important to kind of have that talk with yourself. Like,
1: unmotivated?
0: Yeah. He said he feels really unmotivated and like everyone else that's doing really well in his field works way harder than him. And they're putting in way more. he's like, I don't even know if I want to put in that much effort and work. And so I was just kind of like, okay, first things first, you can't compare right. your, your story to theirs because they could be at a totally different point in their career. Right. And they could be living a totally different life that maybe they don't care if they work, you know, 14 hours right. a day. And if that's where you're at and you care and you don't want to be working that much, then you shouldn't. And yeah, that means right. your result is going to look different, but that doesn't mean that it's less valuable right. or less successful or whatever. And I kind of talked him through it. Cause I had just like a couple of weeks ago, kind of had to talk through my, to myself yeah. through yeah. it. So, when I was talking to him through it, I was just like, yeah, like you have to sit down and ask yourself the questions of, okay, why am I feeling like this? What's going on? Am I feeling like unmotivated? Because I'm worried that once I start working, I'm going to fail and not be good enough. Is it a fear? Is it a comparison? Really? I was like, just write it down. Like ask yourself the hard questions and assess why you're feeling unmotivated because you'll probably come to the yeah. Well, I said you'll probably come to the conclusion that it's all in your head, and you're not unmotivated. You're just freaked out.
1: Yeah. And it, like, yeah, it, yeah. Sometimes when people are feeling unmotivated, it's more bored. Um, mm-hmm. When we're adults, we don't say bored, especially when we're a Type A. Type A's don't say that they're bored. They just say they're unmotivated because yeah. used to it was automatic for them to do something, and all of a sudden the automation in them to want to be there and want to show up is kind of gone. So it's like they're bored. So yeah. he just needs to reconnect to why he's there. If the why is no longer there, then he, he might be at a point where he needs to start thinking, what are his next moves? Mm-hmm. The last thing that you want to do is your, your subconscious is sending signals and pulling uh, results towards you that you're not yet aware of. So he wants to be consciously aware of what his subconscious is doing. So do what you, you were asking him ask the questions and follow it all the way down the rabbit hole yeah go all the way wherever the questions bring up the stuff he just keep asking him questions and answering himself the questions and um and see if if it's unmotivated or just bored and it might be bored because he's he's mastered as much as he cares to master it doesn't mean he's gotten to the top necessarily He just Maybe he had this mindset of, oh, this was going to be like this. And now having worked in there and realizing it's not all that I thought it was going to be. So just he might need to sit down and figure out what is my ideal day look like? What does my ideal life look like? We've been taught to ignore the ideal because you're an adult and you have adult bills. But you can have both, right? You can have both. Just like you can attract your misery, you can attract your, your, um, your, your ideal. So, yeah. I have him write out all of those and go crazy creative with him and do like vision boarding. Have him write himself a letter. Yeah. Have him go in his future and say, Picture yourself a year from now. What does it look like? What does it feel like? Mm-hmm. You know, what does it sound like? What does it taste like? Yeah. And then come back and say, Okay, how do we get to that picture from here?
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I know for me, sometimes I'm just like, okay, is it because you need a break? Or is it because you're feeling lazy and you want an excuse not to do the work? And I'm always, there's usually a realization of like, oh, I kind of just feel lazy. Yeah. So then it's like, okay, we'll just just sit down and work for 20 minutes and see how it goes. And then you get going for like three hours.
1: Exactly. Um, You know, the way we were taught in school has like, kind of jacked us right and when we go into the corporate environment that jacked us even more it's like we just sit and we just look at a computer 20 minutes walking outside will completely blow your mind you know jogging in the middle of the day instead of just the morning or the night will completely the thing is you got to do the creative things that create new neuro patterns the more neuro patterns you're creating in your brain is the more you you go outside of yourself the idea is you don't want to stay inside of yourself. You want to go outside of yourself because that's where new ideas, new opportunities, new everything is. And you want to attract those at the speed of light. So every time you feel, you know, oh, I feel lazy, that's just lazy is a lazy word to describe the fact that you are uninspired. So get outside or go, whatever makes you feel inspired. It's not that you're lazy. It's that we were taught a lazy way to, to, to tell ourselves that we're lazy. No, you're just feeling uninspired. Go get inspired. Mm-hmm. And going, get inspired. May, may mean just lying on the office floor and staring at the ceiling and listening to music. It may mean yoga. Yeah. It may mean visualization. It may mean going for a walk and saying hi to everybody you see on the street. It may mean riding your bike. By any means necessary, shift out of the lazy state and go into inspired state. And inspire state doesn't mean you go straight into work. It just means you're going into a state of gratitude, which has opened up your mind and your heart for everything that's coming for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. I think like just having a little notepad and just being able to just like brain dump every once in a while. So so we're good. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. For sure. Um, Okay, so in your business over the whole scope, from you know, you can gauge what, whether it's your coaching business in the last three years or like since the dawn of your life, <laughs> um, what's been the hardest thing that you've had to overcome and like what skills did you learn from overcoming it? Wow. Um, it's a big question. I, yeah, Take a I've second if you need. <laughs> <laughs> yeah which one yeah yeah, yeah. uh
1: I've, yeah i've my business you know starting as a single mom has kind of informed the way i i did my business when i started three years ago when i came back to the united states with my children i didn't have money i didn't have credit you know um, so I went into getting a job. You know, one of those jobs where you have to earn your own money, they they just take out money out of whatever you earn. So I sold insurance. And, um, you know, right as I started, I was very successful. Um, within the first month, I broke the records. And then I caught double pneumonia. And then I had to take a long break. So then I registered my company and I got my own insurance, my business license. And so I started making all the money, right. Um, Instead of paying it out to another company. So that's how I started doing that. And then I wasn't well. And then my son was diagnosed, um, formally diagnosed with thalassemia and he almost had a cardiac arrest at six years old. And, you know, um, I'd finally moved out of my mother's house because I'd moved into her house with my 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 kids in 2017 when I, you know, lost everything. And so finally moved on my own in 2018. My son is diagnosed. I have a brand new business. Well, I can't sell insurance anymore. So I kind of have to pivot again. And in the middle of pivoting, um, I'm hearing because I'm a Christian, it's time for you to do a conference using coaching. And imposter syndrome shows up in the form that I started hiring all the other persons to come and coach because they had a good marriage. So they could speak on that. This person had millions of dollars. So I was, you know, hiding behind the shame of my loss and my failure. And what I learned from that hard lesson was ain't nobody was buying no ticket to come see those people. They were buying a ticket to come and hear me. And I gave them everybody else except me. And I almost lost my opportunity to launch my business in 2019. But after seeing what went on at the conference was not what I saw in my vision. I gave them a free day of um, me. So the following week after my conference, I gave them a free session with me for four hours. And from there, I got my first 25 clients. And my first six-figure client, um, corporate client came out of that group as well. I didn't know I had in the midst of that was a billionaire, right? And so she actually wrote me a check. Um, no, wired me, um, set it in that meeting and then wired me um, my first payment of $20,000 from what seemed like was a failed event the prior week because I finally showed up as myself. And just after that, the, day, the next day, one of my old coaching clients who had gone through a divorce, I was able to do an intervention with her and her ex-husband And the following year, January 28th, right, this will make two years now that they've been remarried. Okay. Um, Well, this coming January will make two years since they've been remarried because she didn't need some other married person. They needed me who have gone through the divorce to tell them why they were special, why their marriage and here's all the tools and techniques that I knew work, the methodology. So the hardest thing was in starting my business in thinking that I needed everybody else and everything else and all the people with the blue check or the people with the millions of dollars or the people with the this and the that. When the truth is my audience just needed me to be my darn self and to be authentically me. And when I showed up, my skill sets my experiences, my failures, my losses, and my struggle was exactly what they wanted to hear because that's what helped them. And so I've been, you know, the hard part of being a single mom and having a child with a health condition has actually become a good part because instead of, you know, maybe I would have gone back to corporate, you know, because that would have been the easy way to take care of my kids very easily. It's predictable money but because i can't go back i had to make that business work and i had to dig deeper and become a better person so i've read over 123 books over the last three years i've worked on my mind worked on myself developed a meditation practice for myself um spend time with myself spend time with my children to develop a relationship because when i'm done talking to you When I'm done doing my coaching, guess who have been listening to me all this time? And so if I'm showing up on here and I'm lying, and if I'm showing up in coaching and I'm pretending, guess who is going to turn out in a whole different way? Because they are going to learn from me that it is okay not to be authentic. So I have to live to the standard that I'm teaching. And that standard has kept me growing at another level, my business leveling up. When I launched this, um, life architect society three, almost four weeks ago, I literally started teaching them techniques that I've been applying along the way. And I've seen in the last four weeks where I'm now open to do things that I didn't think was gonna be possible in the next 12 months, I'm open to do them in the next two to three months, okay? And that's because I'm holding myself accountable. So the hard things have become the good things, you know? They've become the repositioning um, for the good foundation that I needed to show up and to stand strong and be my whole self.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. And I think that That is an important reminder for a lot of people. But yeah, you do have to work through those hard times to realize, okay, I do love what I do or I don't and I need to lean into that more. And also I think showing up in that way more often, I think it creates a little bit more of a a value. Like you you regard what you do with a higher value, which just... It's cyclical, right? So it'll just circle back into getting more business and doing better with clients or whatever it is that you do, right? So I love that. That's such a good answer. It's
1: a passage of, it's a rite of passage to the next level of people you serve.
0: Okay. So thank you so much for listening to the full episode. It is incredible. Thank you, Natalie Taylor, again, for sharing your story and for sharing your wisdom. Wow, wow, wow. I um honestly so many solid pieces of advice and takeaway from this episode I hope you guys had your notepad out and you were writing some thoughts and you continue to write thoughts after this episode as you think through everything that we discussed um I honestly felt so like dumbfounded by some of her answers that I couldn't even respond properly because I was just like whoa (laughs) processing this is incredible um So I said I love that a lot, but, you know, I do. I love everything she said. Um, I also wanted to touch on just some things she talked about in her story, some traumas. If you are in any kind of state where you are feeling depressed, you have anxiety, you're experiencing or going through or have been through trauma, um, thoughts of suicide. If you are in an abusive relationship or anything like that you having imposter syndrome please 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 reach out to loved ones in your circle um there's so many different phone numbers and calls um that are uh, call centers that are offered through our government and all that jazz that you can call and talk to someone about it and i just wanted to put that at the end because i think it's so important because as we know um, things like that have increased because of COVID, and whether it's COVID, whether your situation is COVID related or not, doesn't matter. But I really did want to just touch on it, and that's what I'm going to be putting in the show notes. So you can find those resources below. I'm going to put a couple Ontario specific resources, and then I'll try and find a couple more general Canadian and North American ones. Hopefully, I can find some that are useful. If you need that, please. Um, Use them because I think it's really important right now, and I think her story is proof that uh, you know there's a lot of different stories and a lot of different experiences out there that are really hard, and you don't have to go through it alone. And yeah, just speaking from experience, I'm currently in therapy and I'm working through my stuff and my life, and I think it's important to talk about because there's a lot of bad stigma around it. So I just wanted to put this in at the end because I think it's really important and I think that it's really important. Right now it feels more relevant, so I thought, wow, so, so valuable. After hearing her story, maybe you thought of some things you've been through. Anyway, I won't dwell more on it, but I did wanna let you know that I will be putting some resources in the bio. And that's all I'm gonna talk about today. But I did want to touch on as well, I have officially started a Patreon and it's not a big fancy Patreon. um, And I decided to do it after I recorded Natalie's interview, So it will be much more relevant going forward. But I did leave out a couple of our last few conversation notes um, and pieces um, from from this episode that you're listening to right now. So if you want what we touched on, at the end, um, some of her finishing thoughts, which are so good and so incredible. And one of our last kind of topics we discussed then head to my Patreon and you can pay a monthly fee of, I believe it's $5 and you can get those extra questions. So going forward, I'm going to include anywhere from two to, I mean, even five extra questions in an interview. It'll probably be like, you know, two to four extra questions. And if you are a patron, you will get those extra questions and I will be asking them at the end of every interview so that if you are a patron but don't have time to listen and log on, then you can listen to it on your Spotify while going to work or whatever, good doing your errands and then come home and just, you know, pick up right where it left off and listen to the last few tidbits i thought that would be a really simple way for me to give you guys extra valuable content that is helpful for you as business owners or individuals um while still keeping it engaging with the interviewees that i have because they have just an abundance of knowledge that i want to share with you all obviously you do not have to pay and I'm going to make sure the bulk of every episode is still so incredibly valuable um, because you absolutely do not have to support me in that way. Listening, rating, reviewing is so much support and that alone means the world to me. But I thought I would offer just a little bit of extra value there um, so that if you are interested, then you can also, you know, help me, you know, help me pay for the time that I'm putting in to doing this. So yeah. Anyway, I'll put that link in the show notes as well. And again, it's totally optional, obviously, and you're not missing out if you don't do it, but I'll make sure that it's valuable for those who do it. So I just wanted to touch on that now, now that I've brought it up, I probably won't talk about it too much, um, episode to episode, but yes, Anyway, that is all. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share with all your friends so they can hear and listen as well. Thank you, guys. Peace out, and um, happy holidays. The holidays are right here around the corner. Enjoy your time. I know probably a lot of people are stuck inside in one house, or maybe they have one, you know, maybe they maybe you're a solo house pulled person, so you can go to one other house, but I know that it looks a lot different this year for celebrations, so please... Sh- Oof. Please, please make sure that you are, you know, calling your loved ones and telling them you love them and that you appreciate them and enjoying your solo time or your, you know, partner time or your family time, whatever you household situation you've got. I know it sucks, but it is the way it is, and let's get through it together. So enjoy it. Take a bath, read a book, chill out, watch some movies, eat some popcorn. Drink some eggnog, you know, get day drunk with your family while doing a puzzle. I don't know. Do you, but enjoy your holidays, whatever you end up doing. Okay, bye. Thanks for listening in. Remember to check us out on Instagram at whatthebusinesspodcast. See you at the next episode.